Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We've got a great show for you this evening. Our special guest is Francine Vale. She's a teacher, a spiritual teacher, a metaphysical being, if you will. She's just an incredible uh, soul. And uh, she is a healer and she's a writer. She's got a book called Song of the Heart. And we're going to talk to her about all the work she does and about this book. So we're very excited about that. Um, and she's a lovely person. We corresponded a few times leading up to the show and just I was so impressed. So looking forward to that. Um, let's quickly get into what's going on. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Uh, what I like to do here on Guys Guys Radio is offer opinions, learning, spirituality, wellness, relationship, information, fantasy, sports, whatever for your consideration all through the lens of a guy's guy, which is about today's modern man, casual confidence, unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and of course, fun. So welcome to guys, guys radio. This is our 326th podcast. Wow, it's gone quickly, and we have interviewed so so many amazing people and talents and people who have a message, and it's been my pleasure and honor uh, to do that uh, because I've gotten a free education along the way, and you can get it also because every one of our 326 podcasts of Guys Guys Radio can be downloaded on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. That's a lot. So just download, listen when you want. I know most people listen to podcasts after the fact. We uh, record the shows live. This is November 18th, 2018. I like to do the shows live because it adds uh, a special energy where myself and my guests, where we have to be on and uh, we're there for you to exchange a good dialogue and to get some information out there and have you consider, hey, is this something that I want to follow up on that I want to look into? So that's what we're about in Guys Guys Radio. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about me and my brand afterwards, but let's get into what's going on today. Um, okay, here in New York City, we had the crazy snowstorm uh, a couple of days ago, which uh, Thursday caught everybody off guard. All, the, all of the weathercasters said, oh, a little sprinkling here and there, maybe a couple inches upstate. Wow, bang, it was like about five inches and uh, the city was came to, a and the surrounding areas, particularly Jersey, came to a grinding halt and uh, there was mayhem. Uh, people were abandoning their vehicles on the bridges and the Penn Station, there was problems in Newark and in New York and uh, I believe uh, uh, Port Authority, uh, 42nd Street was closed. It was just a disaster for people where the the city and uh, did not respond well. They weren't prepared. They listened to the forecast and they thought nothing was going to happen and they got caught off guard. It happens, but 
you know, better safe than sorry. If you're going to do this uh, job, you have to make sure the salt spreaders are ready just in case. And they weren't. And so the city came to a grinding halt. And then the next day to compound things, uh, schools were open. It, you know, it snowed all night. It didn't turn to rain. And uh, so it was like this freezing, sleety stuff. And then the next morning it stopped. But um, after school began, but then the chancellor of the New York City school system, public schools, he he canceled all the after school programs. Now, this was like at, by nine o'clock in the morning, the sun had come out and you could see with the forecast that it was not going to snow on Friday. Parents make their plans ahead of time. So they dropped their kids off, assuming the kids would be in these after school programs. And then all of a sudden they were all canceled. So there was a lot of scrambling and a lot of ill will on top of ill will because a lot of people had a long night the day before. So we've had a tough week here in New York City. Uh, today was another cold, raw day. You know, it's amazing. I don't like to harp on the weather, no pun intended, but we have had cloudy, overcast, dreary weather almost exclusively since September 1st, since Labor Day. We've had a couple of nice days. And we had one or two spectacular fall days, but that's it. And now the leaves are kind of half off the trees. The colors aren't so bright. They're just like falling off because so much rain and gloominess and cold. It's a weird, very not non-picturesque fall here in the Northeast, at least here around the New York, New Jersey area. And, uh, and now we got snow already before Thanksgiving. So that's not a good sign for the winter. It could be a long, long one, but you never know. It's all topsy-turvy. But, you know, when I turn on the weather forecast and I see the pattern, I look at the radar, and it's been this, like, band of clouds and rain coming up from the Gulf Coast just over and over and over and over again the entire autumn. And it's so weird. And you have to wonder, like, what is going on with this? Why is this happening? But it is what it is. Um, elsewhere, these wildfires in California, horrible. We had uh, President Trump out there, um, just can't get out of his own way with uh, talking about raking leaves and blaming the blaming the people who run the forest services on the problem. It's just, you know, the bad the bad behavior. Disruption, as I always like to say, disruption is good. But I don't know if our president is the answer because he just keeps stepping in it. And, uh, but the re- disruption is, is, is a good thing, but, um, you have to have some answers too. And he just keeps stepping in it. And, uh, it's just, uh, people lost, have lost their lives. There's a lot of people still missing. This is serious stuff and you can't be a, a screw up and go out there and not really know and understand the issues and what's going on and not have empathy. And I think that's the biggest problem with people who are, as they say, libtards that, uh, they don't have, uh, they don't feel that Trump has empathy, empathy, and he's not a uniter, that he's a divider. And I think he could make that argument. Um, he, he has some ideas that don't get a lot of publicity. He's anti-vaccine, whether you're pro or con. You know, I have a five-year-old. They get a hell of a lot of vaccines. It's like, wow. Uh, so I'm not sure if we need that many. And that's, the only, that's not all of them. Um, and also, he's working on a... Uh, bill to uh, lower prison sentences and get rid of some of those, the old Rockefeller laws and things like that. So, so that's a good thing. Border security is a good thing, but a wall to me is not a good thing. It's like, it's impractical. Uh, the laws haven't been enforced. You have to enforce the laws properly and be humane about it. And then if the laws aren't working, you know, work to change them or adapt them. 
it's too much just pointing out being nasty to each other and all of that. This com- com- country is divided. It's very sad what's going on. So got to stay above the fray. You got to, you have to behave in an octave above all of this in a vibration that's above all that stuff above the fear, because a lot of what's going on, in my opinion, is like a lot of fears being dealt out there. And if you operate in an octave above the fear, it's not going to affect you. You have to, you have to be free of the free of the fear. Um, so today I get to today and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep in and just catch up. I, I caught this cold this week and I, I don't get sick much, but when I pick up, you know, a cold or a flu or something like that, which I, I rarely do, I get real sick. So I got this horrible head cold where my, just like everything was coming out of my head and I didn't take anything except what I do is I have my own, uh, cure, which is I buy a bunch of ginger, raw ginger, and I peel it. And then I cut it up and I put it in water in a pan and I heat it up and I make tea out of it. And while the tea is boiling, I inhale the fumes. Now, ginger is an antiviral and a cold virus, the rhinovirus, is viral. So by inhaling the germs, it gets into the soft tissues where the cold is. And invariably, you'll lose the cold in about two days, something that could have lasted a week. So I did that, but I figured, you know, my body says, let's let's sleep in. And uh, so... <clears throat> Well, that was the plan. At 7.30 this morning, the doorbell rings. The intercom goes, Amazon Fresh Delivery, 7.30 on Sunday. How convenient. So <clears throat> get up, and my son, he's five, so he pops out of bed, and then he's running around, and then my wife says, I'm going to go to Whole Foods. So she's up at 7.30, and she puts on her clothes and leaves. <laughs> and so it's me, and I've got my son, and now he's hungry, I got the Whole Foods delivery, and then my cat's hungry. So by the time I took care of them, I'm like, all right, now I'm up. I couldn't go back to sleep at that point. Uh, So then my son, what does he want to do at 8 a.m.? Play Parcheesi. So so (laughs) we played Parcheesi at 8 a.m., and and so it goes. So, uh, wow, what a day. Anyhow, not that exciting, but uh, it was interesting. So. What else is happening out there? Well, uh, a lot of football today. I watched some football with my son. He's kind of into it. I showed him the Thanksgiving Day Parade on YouTube. I I said, because this is one year, um, my family has kind of fragmented, as a lot do. And I now, looking back, realize how lucky I've been by having a family who's gotten together and celebrated Thanksgiving as a big group for my entire life until this year. My dad passed in February and now my mother, she is uh, struggling mentally. And um, so uh, my brother's down close to where she lives and he has kids and everybody's going to do their own thing. So I'll pop down and visit her, but we're not going to all get together. And uh, it's interesting too, because my wife and I are pescatarians. We don't eat meat anyhow. So I used to love Thanksgiving. We'd have the Italian, uh, appetizer course so we would have a pasta course and then we'd have a stuffed turkey and then i stopped eating meat and uh it became a whole different ball game because when you know then it's just a lot of carbohydrates there on the plate i'm not a big green beans eater i don't really go crazy over carrots either um but i like salad and that you know thanksgiving it's like it turned into well i'm not going to eat the stuffing because it's got meat i can't eat the turkey it's got meat. it's meat we're not having the pasta anymore that got cut out. So that's there. So what is left, you know, there's sweet potatoes and bread and a lot of, and salad. So anyhow, to compound that, 
I've been on my process of elimination diet this year. I developed this diet where I, it's my own idea. And I said, okay, I'm going to develop different levels of it where you give up something. Well, the one level is you give up something every month throughout the year and it's aggregate. So each month you give up something else and it adds on. I said, well, I'm going to do the advanced level. I'm going to put myself through the test. If I can get through a whole year and see what I learn, then I'm going to really do something with this. So I'm on week 47 now and I've given up something for 46 weeks in a row. And now I'm finally, finally, finally rounding the turn towards the end of the year because, you know, you learn a lot. I, I learned that a lot of my cravings were for sugar, like most people are. Um, today I gave up granola because I started eating granola, organic granola, because I had cut out so many other sweets that there wasn't that much left that was going to satiate my sweetie tooth, uh, so to speak. So I gave, I figured that's got to go. So I gave that up. So I still, I'm, every week now, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do I give up next? What is, what is left? What else can I give up? Because I gave up pizza recently. I'm, when, when I'm with my son, all he wants to eat is pizza. So I'm staring at that pizza all the time. I finally, I, when I was eating it, then I said, you know, I'm going to give it up. So I gave it up. And now there's just five weeks left. I have to give up five more things. So we'll see how it goes. The first thing I gave up um, was alcohol. So I haven't had a touch of alcohol the entire year and I'm not a, not a big, big drinker or anything, but I like want some wine and I like some tequila now and then, but none. And, uh, anyhow, I've been blogging about it and I'm going to, I'm putting it together a book about this and a short book, but it's a lot of fun. And what I've learned is amazing. I didn't realize how many lessons I would pick up and it's just something that just came to me like a lot of things. And now as I'm talking about it, I feel a vibration that this is a really good thing. So Anyhow, working on that, what else? Um, we're in the middle of the NFL season. So, again, a lot of people watching football, fantasy football, kind of turning towards the playoffs. And so many people in this country are, inter- are into it. It's such a big distraction, but people love it. And uh, so that's about it. It's been a good week. Now we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. There'll be the big getaway day on Wednesday. Um, and we're going to be here in New York City. I offered, I showed my son, as I mentioned, the uh, YouTube of the balloons and the floats for Thanksgiving. I said, you want me to take you to the parade? And, or I said, it's also on TV. He's like, let's watch it on TV. <laughs> so it's actually, it's really crowded. Uh, and you're just pretty much staring up, but I've never done it. So I'll see if I can convince him this week. So anyhow, that's my week and that's what's going on. And uh, I hope everybody's going to have a great Thanksgiving. So let's, uh, let's take a super quick break and then we'll bring out our special guest, Francine Vale and talk about her book, Song of the Heart. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. Um, let's talk about our guest and her book. You know, she's one of the most unique people, uh, beings, I'm going to say, because she's a human being, but I think she's she's got a history of... Uh, coming from other places also and uh, a lot of uh, light work work and uh, even though she was born in the Bronx her name is Francine Vale she wrote this book called Song of the Heart it's a big chunky book I went through the whole thing and it's fascinating because it's broken into two big parts and then it's got some angel uh, messages at the end and uh, wow every page I turn I'm like amazing 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 and so I have more questions that we'll be able to get to, but um, let's let's get going. Uh, so she was born in the Bronx and uh, she had, was married and had children. And then uh, she uh, was in business with her husband. And then in 1991, her spirit guide revealed himself to her. 
showing Francine images of her true authentic self, a golden light being, spoke of their home planet and reminded her of her destiny on Earth. And in this way, with spiritual guidance and utmost gentleness and loving kindness through experiences of profound wonder and teachings of profound wisdom, all while maintaining relationships and holding on to her New York lifestyle until it no longer could be sustained. And then her life was changed forever. And we're going to get into that. So just an amazing person. So I can't wait to bring her out here right now. Hello, Francine. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hello. Good evening, Robert. Thank you. It's very entertaining listening to you. I sympathize with you. You had me laughing a few times. I love the way your day started. Just perfect. You see, your guide wanted you up. Your guide wanted you to get out of bed. You thought you wanted to be in bed. I know. know. He said, get up. Yeah, (laughs) it's interesting. Um, I call myself, I'm a regular guy on a spiritual quest living an ordinary life. And uh, that's what I'm doing. So I'm bringing a lot of people like right. yourself onto the show and I'm getting right. my, my, my work out there also. But um, I find, you know, somebody like you, you're one of the most interesting people bringing on the show. So let's okay. get right into it. I've listed a bunch of questions. Yeah. So let me start at the beginning. So I'm going to start with a big one. Like, who are you really? And where have you come from? And what is your mission here? Because, you know, you're a human being, you're a lovely person, you have a New York lifestyle, like, like I do, and then things change. So why don't you get into a little bit about all of that? Approach it however you wish. Well, uh, I am an ordinary woman. uh, And there's also these other parts of me And there are various dimensions to all of us. Everything that I've come here to learn, I have come to learn for the purpose of teaching and passing it on. So I came to learn from experience, as we all do. And in my case, it was uh, very highly evolved beings of light who accompany me and teach me and take me places. And then I learn and when you're in the company of these light beings, you know, your frequency is automatically uh, raised just by being with them, just by being with them. And then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, they can't materialize completely in third dimension. So I am raised up. So every time we're communicating or doing a healing, my, uh, my, my etheric body is being raised up into a higher dimension. And in this way, uh, you know, my frequency just has uh, risen. It, it, can't, it can't be here what it is when we're in between our physical lives because it just can't happen. We have to function in the physical world. But a lot of my time is spent in higher dimensions. And, uh, you know, it, when, when you say we're going to talk about my book, the what I realized after I finished writing my book uh, two things. First of all, it's re- whatever else it's about, it's about consciousness. Each mm-hmm. one of us has a consciousness. And then we go and interact with one another. And, and then we have communication uh, difficulties because if I'm talking on one level and someone else is talking on another level, we're not going to get each other. But the hard part comes in when we get into relationships. <laughs> so when you get married... <laughs> um, it's rare when you're both exactly on the same frequency. It right. might seem that way in the beginning, but each one of us mm-hmm. develops at their own pace. So after a few years go by, we're suddenly not on the same 
frequency. And so it was my task to teach um, my husband uh, how to move his consciousness up. And he was a good guy, nice guy, and uh, he had his integrity in business. And But um, when it came to relationship, he needed a little help. So that's why I was with him. He basically requested me, and I agreed. And there were lots of times I said, why did you ever agree to this? You know, we all we all go through that. And uh, so I realized that my book is about consciousness and how we relate to one another. And uh, it's also uh, very profound that I realized the book was me and I was the book. Mm-hmm. And so... It's the same thing with my guides, the angel guides, beings of light. It's like, I don't know where they end and I begin sometimes, you know. So I just say that all the healings and all the writings comes through me. Uh, That's how I feel, that they are the ones that are doing it. But, you know. All right. Let me ask you a couple of questions. What I try to do, Francine, is, and I've seen you on YouTube with Alan Steinfeld and other people and, uh, and your, your website also, and, uh, just amazing stuff. So let's get right into it. So, uh, when you, when you first had your for 1991, does light being show up? Was that the first time you've had this type of experience? What did it feel like? What did you think? Were you accepting? Where it was like, who are these, what's going on? Who are these people? Who are these beings? What's happening? Or how did it all kind of come about for the, for the common person listening to that, they're like wondering, like, well, how would how would I? Um, Everybody puts it into their own frame. So, right, how did you right. relate to all of that? Well, uh, when I was, actually, it wasn't the first time because when I was three years old, uh, an angelic being uh, showed up next to me. I was playing with my dogs and uh, sitting on the floor, rocking them in a cradle, and suddenly I felt this presence in the room. And so I looked up, and uh, I didn't see anything, but I felt the presence of an angel. And she spoke to me. And uh, I have the vibrations in my body when I talk about them. So while I'm talking to you, I'm feeling it. Um, and she said, uh, Francine, why do you love your dolls so much? They are inanimate objects. It is your parents who need your love, Francine. And you are the only one who can heal them because you can give them the kind of love that they need to heal. And so with that, even with a a three-year-old mind, uh, I understood what she meant. And so I began to uh, be very aware of helping my parents heal from their childhood. My father had been an orphan and my mother... Uh, her father died when she was young, and she was the she became the the mother of the household while my grandma went out to work. So they both really they were young, and they did need a lot of healing. And so I found myself doing all kinds of things to heal them. And when I think back on at the time, I just took it for granted. But as, uh, when it was happening, you know, I took it for granted. But later on, when I look back on it. It's kind of amazing. There wow, I was. Yeah, three years three, old. Like, mm-hmm. Three, four years old. So one of the things I used to do, and I never talked about these things, never. 
I never mentioned my guardian angel. I never said what I was doing. I felt nobody would understand and it would kind of spoil it if I told them. It was better for me to just work quietly. And so I would go back in time to my father when he was a little boy and he was in the home. He grew up in an orphanage. And I would lean down. I I saw myself looking like an angel, a fully grown angel when I was a kid. And uh, I would whisper in his ear that I put my hand on his shoulder and whisper in his ear that a better life was waiting for him and that lots of people were going to love him and he would have a good life. And I would do that to comfort him, to help him get through his time of suffering and uh, things like that. My mother would sit on the windowsill to wash the windows. Uh, We lived on the fourth floor. Everything had to be immaculate. And uh, I would stand there so frightened she was going to fall. And I would send out a rope of golden light, like a lasso, and put it around her and hold that rope close to my chest. And as long as I stood there holding that golden light rope, my mother was not going to fall. And then wow. when my father would come home from work, she would say, I don't know why Francine follows me around the house like that. Mm-hmm. And now, I, did you I ever mention stayed... your, this to them? Did you ever tell them about this? No, never. Wow. And never, ever, never when, when you were older and when they were older, did they ever learn about this? No, 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 I never did. But I did talk about other things, and my father mm-hmm. was very open to it. And he had an out-of-body experience, and then he understood. And he said, Fran, all the things that you talk about, I understand them now. Uh, And that was later in life. But in general, um, no, I didn't. All right. So now you're in, you you had those experiences as a child, and uh, you you did some of these things. Then did that kind of like fall off for a while, and then when 1991 came around, you had this other visitation, or were you getting visitations throughout that time, and this was just an epiphany, a big moment in 1991? yeah, uh, Yeah, I was used to it. I would see my guardian angel from time to time, feel her presence, but, you know, you have to get in. By the time I met my husband when I was 16, um, she was still there, but I would, you have to focus on your life on earth. You know, right. we have to really be fully in our life. But I was always aware of her presence at moments when I needed her. I would call on her, and I could talk all day about experiences with her. I learned from my guardian angel many years later um, how uh, our go- every single person has a guardian angel, now, here's something that most people don't know. That is, your guardian angel is you from the future. And your guardian angel has one task, and that's to keep you on your path so that you will meet your life destiny and fulfill it. So we need to know that so that we can listen when we hear that little voice inside our head. We need to listen. That's our angel guiding us and any time we can call it intuition if we want but it's really our guardian angel so I had an experience when I was like I don't know maybe 10-15 years ago where um, I'm suddenly back in the Bronx and a car pulls up an old fashioned car and my four year old self comes out and she looks up and I'm standing there like an angel and she looks Mm -hmm. up at me And it's like we have one continuous conversation. She didn't say, who are you? She just was talking 
to my guardian angel self like we see each other all the time. And she looks at me, she looks up at me, and I see my four-year-old self. I was like in two places at once. And she right. says, nobody loves me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, I, and I used to feel that way. So I said to her, I love you, and I'll always love you. And then I comforted her. So that taught me that our guardian angels are us from the future. All right. Let me ask you something and, about that. Um, some people, uh, you know, there's the higher self. It sounds like you guard, you, what you're describing. I, I interview a lot of people who are in the metaphysical area, and everybody seems to have a little bit different take on it. So you're saying that the guardian angel, and I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the defensive. I just want to ask this question. So you're saying it's ourselves from the future. What about like the keeper of the threshold and the fact that, you know, maybe the higher self is us, you know, the, the higher consciousness version of us. And then aren't we assigned a guardian angel kind of who kind of sticks with us through life. And then if we kind of outgrow them vibrationally, then it gets replaced with another one or something. Cause I've, I've heard all different versions of kind of the same thing. You're the first person I've heard that said the guardian angel is actually you. Yes, yes. Well, uh, let me say this, that many different things can be happening at once. And there's no such thing as uh, it has to be this way or it has to be that mm-hmm. way. Okay. Some, some people may need a different kind of guardian angel. Um, mine is with me for life. I believe that most guardian angels are with their person for life and different it's a different vibration than your higher self okay all right great um okay so 1991 came about and you had this uh experience and that really pointed you in a new direction and then you said two things that i found very provocative in the provocative one is in your bio it said that you know it was at that point became kind of difficult um, paraphrasing to integrate what you were doing with life in New York. So you kind of got out of there. And the other thing that you said which in the book, which I found fascinating that I circled was that you said that after not, not, not specifically after nine 11, but that there was a toxic cloud over New York. So talk to us a little bit about those things, about how, um, one, your experience in 1991. Two, uh, where did you go? Why, why did you have to leave New York? And three, um, what's going on in New York now? And is there, in fact, a toxic cloud? Is there a low-dense vibration here kind uh, of keeping things down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, what was the first thing you said? About 1991, one your experience. Uh, okay, 1990, well, number one was... How, how did um, how did he uh, how did he affect me in 1991? Well, what what happened and what, why why was it um, why did you have to kind of eventually move away from New York? Because city? well, because you went up to you went up to uh, Scarsdale, I think, right? Yes, but that those two things weren't connected. When okay. my spirit guide came to me in 1991, I had finished with my. Uh, human life responsibilities. My children were grown. Um, my role in the business with my husband was just about winding down. We had accomplished a lot. The business was successful. My son was there. I was no longer needed. And I only did that because I wanted financial security for my children. 
it wasn't my thing. You know, I always wanted to write, mm-hmm. and I was waiting to become my spiritual self. And so he began to teach me who I was. And as I learned who I was in, pla- in ways, he took me places and showed me how I looked. And I saw myself um, as a golden light being. And uh, he explained a lot to me that uh, I, I did trust him completely. What I would do is I would ask for signs. It was kind of remarkable because, before, you know, on my birthday is December 1st. So I knew uh, that year I was going to turn 50 on my next birthday. So I knew something remarkable was going to happen, but I didn't know what it was. So I knew it was going to be really big. So I carried pencil and paper with me wherever I went so I could write it down. But when it happened, I didn't have to write it down because it was so stupendous that it would be in in my head forever. You know, Mm -hmm. he just showed up. He just showed up uh, as a light. When your spirit guide comes to you, uh, they come from a distance as a light. And as they get closer and closer, you can recognize them more. And they're usually somebody that you know or have known in a past life. So this, my spirit guide was, uh, is my son. He, I had a baby who uh, died. And so uh, this was him. He grew up on the other side. And, I, and when I computed it, it was 26 years ago. And he would have been 26 then. And he looked to me like he was 26, and I rose up in my spirit body, and he greeted me. And when he embraced me, I knew that uh, he, uh, there go those vibrations again in my body. Um, I knew that he knew everything about me, every single thing about me, all my flaws, all the things that I wanted to change, the good things, everything. And yet he loved me with such a transcendent love that it's totally without judgment. And so he proceeded to teach me, and I kept asking for signs, and I kept getting signs. I didn't mm-hmm. tell him what kind of sign to give me. I, I trusted he would give me a sign that I would know. So the first thing he did was ask me where his birth certificate was, and I couldn't find it. And I'm very organized, so I was very upset. I took everything out of the drawer, and I finally found his birth certificate. I had inadvertently moved it to another envelope. And uh, then I moved it back into the envelope with everyone else's birth certificate. And so then I knew because I had no way of knowing that I, I just, I, when I had moved, I guess I had, I had discarded the death certificate, but I saved the birth certificate and probably just put it in a different envelope. So that's something I did not know at all. So that was the first sign. There were many, many signs like that, things that I did not imagine. And so I learned to trust and have total faith in him. And I was, I was so addicted to communicating with him in the beginning, that whole summer, because it happened July 4th weekend, that he came to me actually in Cape May, right on the beach, mm-hmm. uh, which was a very spiritual place. And, uh, and so I would just lie down and call on him, and I would feel his energy come into my heart chakra and spread up into my head, and down into my feet. And then I would do things like, uh, I would say, my feet are cold, can you warm up my feet? And then I would feel like a warm blanket was covering me, and my feet would warm up. So the most amazing things would happen. And uh, he began to tell me 
I was applying for Columbia. I wanted to go to Columbia during the day, not at night, like I had been doing. And so uh, I was taking SATs, and he told me that I was going to get in. I wanted to go during the day, and he said I'd get in, and I did. I took the SAT, and I got it to Columbia when I was 49 years old. And wow. I was going to school cool. with the kids, and I loved it, loved it, loved it. And he guided me through when I was taking the test. And um, it was just, just stupendous. So then a woman gets into the elevator with me in my building, and she's telling me how she has a wedding that night. And she sprained her ankle, and she won't be able to wear her heels. So I invited her in. I said, well, let's see if I can help you. I put my hand over her foot, and I get a phone call. That's all I did. I didn't, nothing fancy, no... No candles, no crystals, no, no nothing. Just put my hand over her foot. She called me the next day. Oh, thank you, thank you. I wore my, my shoes with the, he- the heels, and I was dancing, and everything was wonderful. So I realized were you something. Were you, were you surprised, um, Francine? You know, the amazing thing is that everything I was learning, you would think I'd be shocked and surprised. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I kind of, even when my son came back to me, I was not surprised. It's almost as if part of me, uh, like my higher self, I'm saying this for the first time, actually, Robert. Um, it's like a, a higher part of myself sort of knew that was going to happen, that it was part of my destiny, but mm-hmm. my waking consciousness did not know it. Because I had, I, I had lived all those years with this spiritual awareness and calling on my guardian angel and and believing in this and talking about it without even knowing. I felt his presence. I wrote my book in 1989, and I felt the presence of a spirit guide at my right hand while I was writing, and that was before he showed himself to me. So, I mean, something was going on inside my higher consciousness that I, as, as a human, did not acknowledge or recognize. So nothing really shocked me. Everything was, wow, that's beautiful. Isn't that nice? wow, how can I use this? How am I going to use this to make the world a better place? And then he would show me, and it was all by question and answer. Like, he didn't tell me anything I didn't ask. And so uh, you have to be ready. In order to receive messages of a higher vibration, you need to be ready. Uh, They don't tell you things that you're not ready for. So that was the beginning. And after that, after I got accustomed to communicating with him this way and how it felt and starting to do healing, he said, we are helpers. And whosoever you shall choose, that is who we will help. He did not say healer. But you can't go around New York City saying I'm a helper, so you have to have some kind of an understandable label. So after about a few years went by and I was healing all these people, people started telling me, wow, you're a healer. And then they told me, they started telling me they saw me in their room looking like an angel. So they started calling me angel healer. And so then I started calling myself an angel healer. And that's no, how well, it began. Okay. You, All right. you know, it's now, like, why did you feel, Francine, you had to leave? Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to, there's so much I want to get okay. into Move along. the audience. Right, so, right. Um, and I also love it when you said that, you know, this is something I haven't said before because that's what I want to get to. I want to get all of the, yes. the fresh nuggets here. So let's lo- open this thing up even more. So yeah. what was it that said, yeah. I have to get out of New York or I'm being, I'm being inspired, if you will, to move out of New York yeah. and why? And then 
tying into that, what I found in the book you had mentioned at a certain point, that there was a toxic cloud over New York. I know that was after 9-11. I don't know if it meant specifically right after 9-11, but you, you, you did mention that in the book. So tell us about your leaving New York, and is there something going on here which is keeping the vibration low in the city? Okay. So uh, the morning of 9-11, um, my husband called me and told me to turn on the TV. And as soon as I heard his voice on the phone, this is where our higher self knows what we don't know yet. So um, I turned on the TV, and I knew at that very, very moment that life in the United States of America was never mm-hmm. going to be the same. I didn't think just New York. I felt United States of America, my beloved country that my grandma came to, and that's why I'm here and I love so much, is never going to be the same. It's just changed instantly yep. with that. Yep. With that's that. true. And so um, I have a very strong uh, uh, spiritual body, an emotional body, and mental body, but my physical body is fragile. And so people always tell me I look like they could knock me over, you know, and, and they can. But um, but uh, I got sick after 9-11 because I lived on 3rd Avenue and 65th Street, and it just came mm-hmm. right up. And even though the building I lived in was new, the uh, filtration system was faulty because I could smell everything from other people's apartments through the vents. And I feel, and I kept my windows closed, after nine, or when, with 9-11, my windows were already closed, but um, I felt I'd keep the air as pure as possible. But um, I feel that it came through the filters of the building. And I got very sick, and I was seeing different doctors, and I couldn't breathe. And they wanted to operate on my uh, sinuses, which meant cut right into my face. And I came home with this mask that they had made for me, so they keep my face still and uh, I looked at that mask I looked into the future and I felt my my guides telling me uh, to throw that mask down the incinerator you're never going to do that and it's a lot easier and healthier to leave the city and so Mm -hmm. I, I had this gorgeous apartment that I had decorated and I loved it and it was very nice I put it on the market I sold it, and I moved. I I was thinking of where to move. I was going to move to Arizona. I was going to move to North Carolina, all these places, but I'm really a New York woman. I love New York. I just love New York. I couldn't bring myself to move so far away. So I decided to try Westchester. There's lots of trees and grass, and it's Mm -hmm. not as congested, and so I did. I went up to Westchester to get better. And actually, I started to get better very, very quickly. Great. Very quickly. I was breathing better, and I felt better, and uh, I stayed up there for about four or five years and came back. Now, regarding the toxic cloud, um, when I used to walk up uh, Fifth Avenue, the the years that um, I was working with my husband and my spirit guide came to me, I was living on uh, right off Fifth Avenue and 53rd mm-hmm. Street, uh, where the museum is, Museum of Modern Art. Yep. That's where mm-hmm. we live. And so I would walk up Fifth Avenue a lot, and I would see, whatever the weather, I would see this dark cloud as I looked north. The sky is blue, 
But when I looked north, I would see a dark cloud. And this went on day after day after day. And I just felt, I didn't talk about it. I don't believe it's really great to spread negative negative things because it creates a negative vibe and then people get frightened. But, so I, but you know, just for educational purposes. So I saw this dark cloud. And um, what, what year? About what year was this? Well, this was, uh, I was, lived there in, in the 80s and the 90s. I lived there for 16 years. So it was mostly uh, 1983 to Okay, you saw the dark cloud then? You saw it then? Yes, I, okay. I would see the dark cloud. And I also had a dream uh, when I was up in the Berkshires with my husband and uh one night, uh, about three years before 9-11, and I would never know this if I didn't write it in my journal, because my journal consisted only of my spiritual experiences, and so I wrote it down. So I flew from, I had a flying dream, but this was not a dream. This was like so real. I was flying from the Berkshires down to the tip of Manhattan, and I'm up in the air, next to a big building and I look down and I see there's only ashes. What I saw was the scene. I saw the scene. Mm-hmm. Everything was white. I saw the framework that was left. Um, and I said, what happened? What happened to my city? And I look out toward the Statue of Liberty and I said, I know where I am. There's the statue. But what happened to the, to the World Trade Center? Where is it? And I, and I wow. was so perplexed. And there was a building there that I was in, hovering in front of with a big window. So I go through that window, and now I'm in this room, a very, very luxurious apartment. And I'm standing there, and I see that the table, the tea set on the table, everything in the room was covered with this white powder. Mm-hmm. And I said, what happened? So that was very significant because... When 9-11 happened, and it was on all day long, if you, we all mm-hmm. know that, and I was sure. sitting at my desk, I, I could not function. All I did was sit at my desk with the TV on and go through my journals. And I come to this page where I had written um, what I saw that, that night. And it was about that week that I got up to that part. I was so surprised. when I, I completely forgot if I hadn't written it down. There's no way I'd remember. And I described the room. And that week, the New York Times published a photograph. And it was inside that room. There was that room with the white powder, with the tea set, with the table, with the fireplace. Everything was there. Can you imagine? Can you Mm -hmm. imagine? Yeah. No, I can't. But, I mean, I I believe you. But, like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. That was shocking. Yeah, You still see Francine. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. So that just told me that it had been in the works. This was not something that happened overnight. 9-11 was planned, and it was planned way in advance. And so I was able, my guides gave me that vision so I could, so I could, I could know it and, and just, uh, just be aware of it. And they told me a lot of other things. But it was definitely planned, definitely planned. How about not, um, how how about the the dark cloud now? Is it over New York? Yes. So um, in my book, if you read the structure of all that is, 
you know that that remarkable 10 pages that came through me in 10 days is unbelievable that I didn't even understand it at first. I had to read it five times to really understand it. Um, it's about the it's about all that is. So it is a spiral, like when we see the galaxies and spirals. So uh, we are we circle around. Time is circular. So we are in that spiral now, spiraling around to the same exact energy of pre World War II. That's exactly where we are right now, with all the hatred and all the all the. Uh, racism and all of that that's going on and all the things that we see all around us and uh, this is all that happened in the early 1930s uh, before fascism as fascism was taking over uh, Germany so there is a dark cloud yes you don't you now like you you were mentioning this before like I worry because sometimes where I live now um on the Upper West Side, I look mm-hmm. east and I, can, I see a beautiful blue sky. But there are days, there are many, many days, and it's been like this recently, I have to say, uh, where the sky is blue, but there's this huge dark cloud where there's a little strip of blue, and then the rest is like a black cloud. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing this, and I'm thinking, is anybody else seeing this? Like, what, what kind of strange thing is that? What is that? It's like a solid black cloud, and it's and the sky is there's a band of blue, like a stripe, beautiful, beautiful blue, and the rest of the sky is obscured by this black cloud. I went in a while, like you mentioned in your intro, there are days that it's just so lovely, and then it's not there. But there are other days that I don't know if I'm seeing this uh, metaphysical black cloud like I used to see. Mm-hmm. years ago, or if there really is that kind of a cloud over there, nobody else is talking about it. And I don't want to frighten people, but that's that's what I see. And I feel it. It's energetic. It's not just that I'm seeing it. Um, I'm feeling this terrible, energetic black cloud. And the only thing that can um, that can melt away the the darkness is light. So it tells me that the light is so needed. All kinds of enlightenment, people are moving up in their consciousness now. We're all becoming so much more keenly aware of what's going on with all the revelations. And people are learning about fake news and misinformation, disinformation, wondering, was it always like this? Or am I crazy? Was the world going crazy? All of this stuff going on. So it's forcing people to decide what kind of a world do we want. That's the question I've been asking in all my groups. Mm-hmm. All I do, I've, done, I've done a lot of group work, and that's what I say when people bring up conspiracy theories and things like that. It's okay to know about it, but what I say is know about it, but don't live there. Don't live there. What kind of world do you want? That's the world we need to keep in our consciousness. This is consciousness is so important. And the dark mm-hmm. side is a real thing. They know, they know, they're very, don't think the dark side is not smart. They are very, very, uh, they're brilliant, actually. The dark side is quite brilliant in the dark way. And they understand human psychology very well. And they understand mass consciousness better than 
the average person does. So sure. if we have a lot of people in fear, then that adds to the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, lately people are saying how they go down the rabbit hole, and I say to them, why in heaven's name do you want to go down the rabbit hole? It gets darker and darker the further down you go. You're getting further away from the light. You want to be in the light. You want to keep your consciousness in the light. Visualize the world you want, a world of love and peace. Keep your mind on that. Read books that are about that. Read highly you know what it is? You know, spiritual You know books. what it is, uh, Francine, that people don't, they, a lot of them, you know, it's like make America great again. People don't want to know. They're afraid of knowing that maybe everything they've been sold is a bill of goods. And so they're holding on tighter than ever because they don't want to take the chance. Their consciousness says, we don't want to know the truth. We'd rather just be wrong. But at least, you know, where there's a comfort in that fear versus uh, what I think a more enlightened person would say is, I want to know the truth because that's all there is. And the truth exists exactly. at a higher octave. And so just let's get there. Let's free ourselves from the fear and let's really find out what's going on. And then we can make our decisions moving forward based on that. But a lot of people don't like change and they're really, I think, uh, digging in and saying, no, we, we, we don't want it. We want to go back to the way it was instead of, you know, what you can't do. Uh, it, it's, it's now and it's moving forward. So even, even though we, we experience time um, uh, linearly here in this dimension, um, people are afraid of change and they're afraid of like the embarrassment of like, oh my God, I just believed in Santa Claus my whole life. And it doesn't have to be that way. But unfortunately, a lot of people are very resistant. What do you, what do you think of that? I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. But... What is happening is, uh, let me say this uh, as clearly as I can. What, what's happening is we are being pushed because this is the end of a cycle. And we, as we started speaking about our guardian angels, we all have our guardian angels. Mm-hmm. And we are being forced to deal with all this darkness. And the question that we are being asked metaphysically is how much do you want to take before you decide to accept the light and the truth? Because mm-hmm. the truth is in the light. The truth is, it's, it's, this is misinformation to think that you're going to find the truth in the dark. You can't find anything in the dark exactly. except get darker and darker and, mm-hmm. and get yourself sick. So the truth is in the light. And Every ancient spiritual master has told us that. Right now, I read uh, very slowly every day one, one, book, one, one page or one paragraph of the Emerald Tablets, which is uh, by Thoth the Atlantean. And if you read that, one paragraph is enough to send you into a higher place for about uh, three days. <laughs> so okay. I read that. And the Who, who's it by and for, our, for our listeners? Who, who is it by? Um, the, the Emerald, Emerald Tablet. Yes, uh, Thoth, the Atlantean, uh, it, inscribed it on stone that nobody understands what kind of stone is indestructible. Okay. And this do- Dr. Doriel has trans- translated it into English. And it is the highest wisdom, and uh, it, it happened in Atlantis. This is the wisdom from mm-hmm. Atlantis. And so, how far do you want to get pushed? 
before you decide to go truly into the light, step over the threshold into the light where you will see the truth and close that door on the dark behind you because you will know when you're in the light that you were living an illusion all these years. I have admitted it to myself. Lots of people are admitting it to themselves. We have been living an illusion. We are not what we've been told. We're not helpless. We are powerful beings. We, each one of us, has a spark of, of, of light in us that is our soul, and that soul comes mm-hmm. from God, all that is, um, creator, whatever word you want to give it. That's where the, the, the body is animated by the spark of light that is our soul. How could we not want to be more of that and expand mm-hmm. that light? That's where my okay. work is. I, I, I expand All that right. light, and it, it, it goes beyond healing uh, any disease or any, any injury that we have. It's about raising the frequency. When you work with me, your frequency is raised higher. Okay. And so that's, you know, that's what we have to decide. Let's step forward into the light, fully into light, and leave. The, there's nothing so great. The, the love from the past stays with us because the light is love. So when we step fully into the light, we don't really lose anything that we need because the love goes with us. <laughs> All the bad stuff and the dark stuff stays behind. <laughs> okay, it's let me ask you a question, uh, Francine. The, we got a caller. Yeah. Should we take this call or not? I have no idea what they want. <laughs> the unknown caller. <laughs> uh, it's your show, Robert, so you decide. Okay, let's, let's see what they have to say. I'm going to put, put you on caller. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Who am I talking to, and what's your question? I'm just listening. Thank you. Oh, okay. You, you can you can stay on there. If you have a question, go ahead. What's your name? Anna. Anna. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening to the show. Okay, um, Francine. Um, now, when you in your in your day to day life, do you? Uh, when you go into the supermarket or whatever, do you remote view? Do you see people and like, oh, that person's got cancer or this person I can heal or this one's getting a divorce? Or do you uh, do you have psychic? Uh, are you a medium? Do you do past life? I know you've done past life regressions. I've done those also. Do you um, do you see when you see people, do you pick up on their energy and like instantly know things? Yes, I do. And I don't want it to be turned on all the time, um, sure. but I can't help it. Um, it's funny when you say the supermarket, because I was in uh, Citadel the other day, and there's this mm-hmm. young man that works there unpacking, and I just saw him. Uh, I saw his future, and there was something about him. And so I walked over to him. You know, we always say hello to each other, and he helps me with different things sometimes, carry something down the stairs, and I said to him, you know, I have to tell you, I just saw you, one day you're going to have your own store, but before that, you're going to be a manager here, and he looked, wow. and, and when he looked at me, I could see absolutely, absolutely, it's in his eyes, it's in his whole persona, but a lot of what I see is I see a lot of sorrow, I see a lot sure. of uh, tremendous amount of illness, in people that they're living with or that's mm-hmm. unrecognized. Um, and so 
one of my biggest teachings is to be kind to everyone because everyone is suffering in their own way. And it has sometimes it's about money. Sometimes it has nothing to do with money. Wealthy people are suffering also. Um, you know, if you just look at some of the wealthy people who have been taken down in our society and the way their families were destroyed yep. and harmed. So we all need to be kind to one another. And that's part of moving up in our consciousness when we begin to see people uh, as needing our love, our compassion, and just give them a look of love. Just give people. Mm-hmm. New York City, that's one reason I can't live anywhere else. You walk down the street in New York, as I walk down, I just give people the look of love. I just look at them with, I talk to people who are, who are alone, like elderly women, they're all bent mm-hmm. over and yeah. they look so sad and, you know, you mm-hmm. just talk to them. People in wheelchairs, people mm-hmm. have a tendency to not look at them. I look at people in wheelchairs and smile and say hello. They're so happy uh, to be noticed, uh, you know. So, I mean, this kind of kindness to give to each other, we need to do that and understand that people are suffering. Um, yes. And then right. there's, well, some, you know feel good every day. That's wonderful. So then just smile at them and walking, you know? All right. Um, Okay. I'm the host of the show. Um, We've been on the air for close to an hour. What do I need to know, Francine? Uh, Well, I can say to you something that my spirit guide said to me. um, And it's in my book. Uh, Remind people as you walk along the way, as you gather in your homes, do kindness unto your neighbor and enjoin love one to another. Oh, that's beautiful. That's specifically for me? That's for everybody. Okay. Every single, for you, uh, you you seem to me to be there. I, you know, it's like you, your consciousness has been raised. And uh, But as far as our consciousness goes, I would like to add, how, whatever level we get to, and we think now we're there, we arrived, let me tell you, there's another level waiting for you. <laughs> never, we're never yeah. really done. But that's life. That's what keeps us going. That's why we cherish life. Because whatever we learn, there's even more to learn. There's more to become aware of, and there's more good you can do on the planet to make it more enlightened and just filled with light. Remember to keep everything filled with light. If somebody wants to argue with you, not necessary to argue. Okay, if that's what you think, um, you know, that's okay. This is what I think, but we don't have to fight about it. You know, because the argument ruins whatever wisdom you're trying to bring through. It gets sampled. Mm-hmm you know, trampled on and stamped down. So why share something that's beautiful with with somebody who's arguing with you? So we have to learn to live in this higher way, in a higher way. And uh, uh, Let me ask you a a final question. What's the best way for our listeners out there? Um, I think the, you know, the advice of the guides is uh, fantastic. So thank you and thank you guides. Um, Also, um, what can people do? Um, to connect with their guides? Because I think a lot of people would like to do that, and they don't have these spirit beings coming down from the ceiling, yeah. bright lights. They, yeah. They, yeah. they have a hard time making that connection. I think a lot of people 
and what we do with the show, part of it is because I think there's a lot of people that are seeking and they know that there's more, but they don't know what to do, whether it's, you know, diet or how they live or decisions they make or spirituality. They just don't know where to turn. And then the next thing you know, they got to go back to work again. So what can, what's something that everybody can do to raise their vibration? That's that's something that I can do a two day workshop on, but uh, very, very briefly, um, our guys, guardian angels, higher self, spirit guides, we're multidimensional. They are around us. All we have to do is, is they're not off in space somewhere. They're right here, just in a, another dimension right next to us. So all we have to do is call on them. And you call on them when you're, I like to present myself to my guides when I'm showered, when I'm in, finished with my hygiene, I'm clean, mm-hmm. and I'm in a nice space. And I call on my guides because they don't want to come when you're angry and uh, screaming at somebody on the phone or in your house, you know, and just call on them and be aware of the feeling that you get when they draw near and be, allow yourself to cry, to be in your deepest emotion. My dear spirit guide, I need you. I need you. I can't do this alone. Please come and help me. Give me a sign and show me. And, Show me in a way that I'll know. And you will feel like a vibration. It could be soft and gentle. It could be strong. Usually in the beginning, it's soft and gentle. And uh, you might have little tears uh, that you're not, you're not wanting. They'll just mm-hmm. come out little tears. That's emotion coming down. Um, and you suddenly start to feel calm at the same time. And be calm, and then just wait for the response. And the more you do this, the easier it gets, and the, and the more easily you will feel their presence. They usually want to make their presence known. They're waiting for people to call on them. They, because, they, because you see, high spirit guides cannot interfere. They can't, like, come to you and interfere with you. You have to mm-hmm. be ready for them and wait for them. So drinking alcohol is not good. Taking drugs is not good. You, eating unhealthy foods is not good. We have to put ourselves in a place where we're in a position uh, to be worthy. <laughs> That's, you know, mm-hmm. But, but sometimes, sometimes people could be criminals and they're calling on their guardian angel. If, it's, if that's what they have decided they're tired of being that, they want to be something else with all their heart, guardian angel will come. So it's coming from you. You Mm -hmm. can't fake it. You can't make it up. It has to be true and real as anything that you could ever, ever feel. And then your guardian angel or spirit guide will come to you. And uh, they show you in different ways. It could be the next thing you turn on the TV. It could be the next magazine or book you open. And there's the answer. It could be any, they come in different ways. The next person that talks to you will say something to you. It could be that. You have to be aware, aware. That's why I say if you're drinking and drugging, you're not going to be aware. So it'll mm-hmm. fly right by you. You have to be aware and pay attention to your life. Be mindful of what you're doing in your day. And uh, spirituality is not difficult and it's not complicated. It's really simple it's just we have to put ourselves 
we're so filled with distractions in this life for that purpose to blind us to the idea that we have a soul, to keep us from connecting with our spirit guides. That's what this vibration that we're in now, this dark cloud that's going down the rabbit hole, all of that is designed to keep human beings down. So if you don't want to be kept down, then say no to that and open up to putting yourself into a better personal life that's cleaner and quieter and call on your guides. They will come to you because that's what this world is about. It's really about us recognizing that uh, there's more to life than uh, the the, uh, survival instinct. Mm -hmm. The survival instinct is the physical body. And so this is really, really important. Such, you ask very good questions, Robert. Oh, thanks. And you, you, you ask questions that uh, no one has actually ever asked me before. So um, good. kudos to you. I hope. Kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what I wanted and to do was so, ask questions. If I was listening, I make like I'm listening to the show. And if I was listening, I would say, I would ask that. I want to know this. That's what I ask. Um, so, right. and I don't want to ask the same old questions that you've been asked a million times. So anyhow, but your answers are right. spectacular and I don't even think we got halfway through all the questions I had. So maybe we can, uh, maybe we can do this again and, uh, we can get deeper into this different sections of the book, but I think the, you have so much to offer beyond the book that I think we could have another interesting, uh, conversation. Would you be open for that? I would love it. I really enjoyed our conversation and, uh, and it's your consciousness. The reason you have this question, as I say, it is your consciousness that is thinking on that higher level. And so that separates you from, from the madding crowd. <laughs> it really no. does. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. My honor, um, really. No, yeah, I my honor super appreciate it. Um, tell everybody, Francine, where they can, uh, the name of the book is Song of the Heart, uh, Walking the Path of Light. It's a big book. It's almost six, it's about 600 pages long. There's a lot to uh, it. Don't, do don't, don't make them frightened. <laughs> no, no, it no. It's, it's, I'm saying in a good way. There's so much, because you can pick this up and kind of read, uh, you know, a chapter here, a chapter there. It's laid out where it's a lot of vignettes and a lot of, it, it's just really interesting. And uh, the, 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 it's very digestible. And uh, I just found it fascinating. So great work. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find the book, your website, your uh, workshops that you do, etc. Okay. So right now uh, my webmaster is shifting my website over to site ground from GoDaddy. So it just is being fixed up a little bit right now, but you can go to my website uh, in another day or so, francinevale.com. Probably it's okay by now. Uh, Francine Vale, V A L E dot com. That's all you have to do. And uh, if you just Google it, for goodness sakes, there's so much of me out there. Uh, mm-hmm. But the website comes up first. And then I have all my YouTubes. And uh, if you go to my YouTubes, you can subscribe. My YouTubes are on the website. But I don't think you can subscribe from there. But you, you find enough of me out there. If you just Google my name, I don't know how that ever happened. Great. Oh, well, actually, okay. you know what it is? My, numerologically, I'm a 111. So I used to say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that every time I sneeze, it goes on the Internet. So uh, <laughs> so all of that is out there. People are, yeah. people are uh, 
taking their clothes off to get on the internet. You know how it is. You know, you go on Instagram, it's like everybody's like, look at my butt. You know, I need likes. I, I, that's, that's, I wouldn't dare crazy. go on Instagram. I wouldn't it's dare amazing. go on Instagram. It's amazing. It's like, wow, it's like, yeah. it's like soft porn. It's incredible. I've um, been hearing about it. I've been, my daughter like, said to me, Mom, you don't, you don't need the Instagram. I'll tell you when it's something good. I'll show you. You know what? I was, when I was promoting the show, I, I, I was looking for you to see if you had an Instagram account. And I, I couldn't find you there. So I just tagged you with the, with the usual suspects, the Facebook and Twitter. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, that's another discussion. But I, we didn't get into some of the things I want to talk to you about is a fear, the importance of fear, portals, uh, Jesus, uh, Satan. ETs. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's All so much things. more. The Temple of Light, yeah. your past lives, um, past life regressions. I've done those as a hypnotist. I've been, I've experienced them, and I have so much to say about you know my experiences. Like the one thing that I got out of it was that. I was kind of myself in all of these past lives, just doing different jobs and different forms. And, but it was kind of me uh, from a personality standpoint. Um, But uh, really, uh, really amazing stuff. And also I want to ask you about the crystal book and Akashic records and all that. So let's do another hour and uh, I think we'll have a blast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I love it. I, I love, I love bringing out the information, the wisdom. Okay. Uh, there's a difference between information and wisdom, by the way. So yep. yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I love sharing that. So definitely a lot of fun. Okay. Um, All right. Well, listen, okay. our special guest, this guy's guys radio, your host, Robert Manny, our special guest has been Francine Vale. Her book is song of the heart walking the path of light it's fantastic she's fantastic i'm so honored that uh you graced us being on the show and uh i wish you a happy thanksgiving and uh again we'll plan to do this again thank you robert happy thanksgiving to everybody and to you, you. thank all you all right take care okay everybody okay. that's our show for this evening um we went over i usually book a little bit extra time and i did this evening because i thought it would go right to the edge. And sure enough, uh, we went over it, but uh, we had booked the time and it was well worth it. So thanks for listening. Well, I'm actually back on uh, Tuesday night. Um, we've got an author, August Tarak, and his book is called Brother John. It's a, uh, a monk, uh, a pilgrim, and the purpose of life. Very well-known book. So we're going to have him on Tuesday, and then we've got the Thanksgiving break, and then I'm back the following Monday. So have a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for listening. And uh, as I always like to say, remember, Guys, guys, finish first.